welcome to the King of Games 98. On today's match, Thief the Dark Project versus Pokemon Red. Welcome one and all to the Region Free Gamers podcast, the podcast that is fluent in gaming. My name is Arnie and the sultry sounds of my voice will be hosting this episode. This is yet <laughs> another episode of the Region Free Gamers 1998 Battle of the Games Hyper Fight and Tournament Edition. Whatever we decide to call it, I'm sure that it'll have a name once we actually put all these together at some point. It's, it's going to be like battle of 1998 games i've told myself that i want to make it more and more ridiculous the further we go on um so i'll keep trying my hardest to like add summer slam or something in there at some point (laughs) um but obviously quick note before we get started please if you like what you hear rate reviews on itunes the best way to get the word out about the show we'll love you forever um, if you give us a five-star review and send it to us or screenshot it to us, I will come over to your house and play games with you if you want. Um, just please give me that validation that I so, <laughs> so highly seek. This can backfire, um, dude. Like people are like, I don't want this guy at my house. I'm not leaving a review. You're right. You should leave a review and send it to me if you don't want me to come to your house. That'll keep me away forever. Um, and so, obviously, I can't do this by myself, and I shouldn't do this by myself, so I have two lovely co-hosts here to talk about the games that we'll be talking about today. To my metaphorical left, um, I have Pokemon Mega Fan and the second most important Canadian of all time, Paul. How you doing, Paul? Hi, I'm Paul. I like Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and on my metaphorical right, uh, for the first time on the show, somebody we been looking forward to having for quite some time now uh benya aka fra lometa how you doing benya yeah hi i'm great (laughs) thanks for having me here (laughs) (laughs) no thank you for coming um so usually when we have new people on the show we try to learn a little bit about them so our listeners can sort of get an idea of you know what they're all about um so I guess in your case, it's interesting because you do a little bit of, or quite a bit, I shouldn't say a little bit, but you do quite a bit of video game journalism. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm a game journalist and uh, I mostly do um, indie games. So I have an own indie game magazine, which is called Welcome to Last Week. And I do a lot of uh, reviews and news, but also essays and reports and yeah. But um, how long have you been doing Welcome to Last Week at this point? Uh, the website is online since 2014, I guess. But it was a kind oh, of wow. a pop cultural pool where everything was talked about. So it was including film okay. and series. And um, uh, the focus on indie games was just last year, so in 2018. Gotcha. So I guess I, I, I've always been wanting to ask, since you are so... You you really love indie games a lot, and that's sort of the focus of the website now. Yeah. When did you sort of start gaming, and how did your, I guess, interest in indie games develop over time? Um, I started gaming with uh, the old LCD games, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like the tiger, like the tiger yeah, handhelds I'm... and stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that, and uh, the Atari 
2600. <laughs> oh, wow. Nobody has ever answered LCD games before. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, in yeah, truth, that's, like, that's... Like, that's how I got started, too. And I've never yeah. mentioned it. But you're right. Like, those, you know, they're rudimentary games. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's it's not uh, like Game & Watch. It's it's more the similar way. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. It's exactly that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, when did you... I guess, how did you go from sort of more, you know, mainstream console games to sort of focusing on indie games? Is there a particular reason why you like indie games so much? Um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed by all the AAA games and uh, the similarity of <laughs> of all those. <laughs> um, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so uh, I started searching for for alternatives, and um, yeah, it must be around two thousand nine, I think, mm. uh, where the PlayStation Store came along, and uh, Flower and Flow were suddenly online, and um, yeah, that's that's. Uh, started my interest in, in this genre and when i played uh, the yeah. walking dead i was <laughs> uh, seriously into <laughs> indie games <so>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome and i mean i guess there's been no better time to sort of be a fan of indie games than right now like yeah you know especially with all these online stores and you know steam and epic and you yeah, know so every major console on. has like a provider yeah, it's almost yeah. it's gotten to the point now where keeping up with indie games is probably harder than keeping up with regular AAA <laughs> releases. Yeah, that's true, and that's uh, what the magazine is. is for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but we've brought you on here not to talk about indie games because we don't actually bring people on to talk about things that they probably want to talk about. We brought you on here to talk about two specific games from 1998 as we Arnie. try. Mm-hmm. I'm going to interrupt you for just one second. Yep. There's one more thing I have to ask Benya. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, do it. Benya, how many <laughs> how many games? Have you counted how many games you have in your FIFA collection? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't count that. I have several. Can you, can you give me an estimate? A couple of versions. <laughs> uh, um, I guess I have every single one of them and... Um, some of them maybe four or five times. So oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Regions, uh, yeah, I guess it's up to one hundred. I think. <laughs> oh, nice. <wow. laughs> it's like it's honestly like one of my favorite things about your account. Anytime you put up <laughs> the the FIFA collection, yeah. and I'm like, this is awesome it's because the you most know, like ridiculous collection ever. <laughs> It, it it kind of is. I mean, but you know, <laughs> but in a good way. Like I I find it endlessly yeah. entertaining that there's someone out there who's got like this gigantic FIFA soccer collection. It's great. I like just to oh. to collect it. I, I yeah. I seriously don't play it anymore, but <laughs> no. it's fine. <laughs> oh my god. Anyhow. Anyhow, Arnie, sorry, I had to I had to ask how many. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> and a hundred is actually even a hundred's even actually more than I thought. So I'm glad I'm glad I asked, because that number yeah. is more ridiculous than the one that I had in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were um, way too many out yeah. there. <laughs> As Paul continues to try to delay the inevitable, um, and you'll soon learn why. We've come here today. We've gathered here today to talk about two specific games. On one corner, Pokemon Red and Blue. In the other corner, Thief the Dark Project. Two games that 
quite literally probably have nothing to do with each other. But we're going to compare them anyway because it's fun to talk about games and, you know, just being dumb and <laughs> try to decide which one we like the best. Um, yeah. I will say, in in starting this episode off, this was one where finally, it, it, in the ones that we've done so far, and I don't know what order these will end up coming out in, but this was finally one matchup where I was like, I know which one I like. I know which one I'm going to pick. I did some research and I'm very interested to talk about these two because I think there is more, you know, here than what might, you know, at first glance, what people might think. Um, yeah. But I want to start with Paul um, and just ask him a very simple question is that, Paul, what is your favorite Pokemon? Okay, look, I have to I have to make a disclaimer here <laughs> to to our listeners. <laughs> Please don't hate me. <laughs> if you love Pokemon, please don't hate me. I don't hate you. I just hate the thing that you love. <laughs> That's all. Paul, I, 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 I want to say that we have joked on this show a lot about the fact that I am so young that I was probably not a fully formed fetus when most of the games that we talked about were released. And you're so old that you were probably retiring in 1999. Yeah. But I don't know that any <laughs> game that we've talked about up to this point has sort of highlighted the divide, the generational divide between us more than Pokemon. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, was, I, I was sort of in that time and space where when I was growing up and I got my Game Boy, Pokemon was the biggest thing on the planet. and. I'm not sure where you were in your gaming life at that time, but clearly it was somewhere else. I was I was playing Metal Gear Solid like the rest of the adults. <laughs> okay. And and not fooling around with uh with Butterfree or <laughs> I just I swear to God, Benya, I saw that name for the first time last night. I saw that there was a Pokemon named Butterfree. And and I told Arnie immediately, I'm like, what is going on with Butterfree? Since when has there ever been a product free of butter that is superior <laughs> to a product with butter? I don't. Yeah, that I don't get that. Sounds it. really weird. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's an that's an airtight argument. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, I think if you didn't grow up with Pokemon, coming to Pokemon now is kind of like coming into any real fandom, right? Like everything seems insane. Nothing makes sense. What are you people talking about? Um, but I think it's undeniable that Pokemon was sort of, you know, outside of Mario, I can't think of any other game series that sort of became so cemented in popular culture, like so in the public consciousness that people who didn't play video games knew what Pokemon was. So, you know, there's a lot to unpack here. I want to ask you, Benja, or Benja, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> That's one. <laughs> what is your experience with Pokemon? Um, actually, when Pokemon came out, I was like uh, 16, I think, or 17. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm in the minority here. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I, I uh, saw about Pokemon, um, so we Germans say Pokemon, it's, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it, it's really hard pronounced. <laughs> Um, was a TV series, and uh, every time I I came back from school, uh, my little sister was watching it, and 
I didn't understand what she was watching. It was just, just so weird with all these little monsters saying, ah, Pikachu, Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and nobody else uh, within my friends or, or in, within the school played it. So it, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it just wasn't See, we live we live two, yeah, we live two completely different worlds. Like, <laughs> when I was growing up, the trading card game was huge. The anime was huge. Okay. I remember you would go to school and people would be, like, at recess, like, standing around in corners, trading cards or playing, like, battling each other on link yeah. cables. Like, Pokemon was inescapable <laughs> when I was in, when I was growing up. I was... The game released in 98. That meant I was probably six or seven when it came out and I was playing it. Um, so, you know, it's it's inescapable yeah, to me. Like, yeah, Pokemon is forever that. itched in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, those trading, those trading cards, like... Okay, so, you know how when you go to feed deer at a petting zoo? <laughs> like, they don't... Like, they don't politely ask you for the food, but they just, like, gang up on whoever's feeding them. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So I used to work at a video game store and we sold Pokemon cards. And I remember a small child pulling a foil Charizard. Oh my God. And and immediately getting mauled (laughs) by by other small children similar to the deer. And so like the kid, he was holding the foil Charizard up as high as he could while the other children like literally attempted to climb him and topple him (laughs) and like two of the kids like they were foaming at the mouth because they were so mesmerized by the foil charizard and all of this was all of this was inspired by pokemon red and blue now arnie let me ask you is that the kind of game you want winning this tournament (laughs) (laughs) i'm all about the cute monsters just slavishly battling each other to the death Sure, sure. That's that's what they that's want what you to I, think. That's what I was taught. That's how I was raised, Paul. I don't know what sort of family values you grew up with. I don't um, know, man. I just I just saw I just saw rabid children. That's what I saw. A game that turned children into animals. This is this is the perfect time for me to tell another story of how cool I was as a child, um, because I was the coolest. Um, Toys R Us actually had uh pokemon trading card tournaments where you could go and if you i don't remember how they set it up but essentially if you won enough games you could win like badge pins like pins in the shape of the badges from the game oh and this was like the only thing i wanted as a child (laughs) i didn't sort of realize you could probably just go on you could probably find these in a store and just buy them i was like no i have to become the pokemon master (laughs) <laughs> I have to embody the the, te- the the Zen, the Tao of Pokemon. Yeah, that sounds logic. Um, and, yeah. And then I went to Toys R Us and I just got my ass handed to me by every single person I played because I didn't know how to sure play did. the Pokemon trading card game. I was just like, I'm just going to go in here and, and be great because I'm the Pokemon master. But no, that didn't work out for me at all. <laughs> but it's just like, it was it was everywhere. Like... I remember I had a plastic Pokedex. Um, I remember you bought those VHS tapes that had like two episodes of the show on them that were probably yep. like 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, it was inescapable. Like everything you wanted, cups, plates, uh, chairs, bed sheets, towels, everything Pokemon all the time. 
So that's that's where Pokemon is. And then we have Thief the Dark Project, a game that I have literally never played. So, Paul, why don't you tell me a little bit about Thief the Dark Project? Well, Thief the Dark Project, you know, it's... What can I say? It's a great game, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's on this list of our favorite, you know, games from 98. Yeah. And there's a reason. Like, the weird thing about Thief is that it does a lot... Of, there are a lot of firsts, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. the first first-person 3D stealth game, right? For the PC. Um, and so, it's kind of set the template for all the games of that ilk to come. Yeah. The problem, though is that there are very few of those games to come. So we're going to talk about Legacy a little bit later, but it's just a little bit weird that you have this game Mm -hmm. that really kind of nailed everything the first time, and then there weren't that many imitators. It's... It's really cool, like, the you use the ambient sounds. That was something that wasn't done in PC gaming yet at the time. You kind of use, use the ambient sounds to figure out what to do. You can hear, overhear conversations between soldiers. Mm-hmm. And the soldiers aren't talking about, like, the story. They're talking about stupid shit, like whether the bear in the pit is smaller than it used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you used... Um, lighting to great effect that wasn't done in pc games before so you're hiding in shadows if you're hiding in shadows the enemies have a really hard time or they just completely can't see you as -hmm. soon as you step into the light if you're within their field of vision then bam they see you if you're walking on marble floors instead of carpets they can hear you you can and above all else in this game my favorite thing about it was the rope arrow (laughs) <laughs> the rope arrow was the coolest thing. It was like being Batman. Like you fire an arrow with a rope attached to it and you can climb the rope and it just gives you so much more mobility. It was a really cool thing at the time that hadn't been done in games before. Yeah. I had a buddy that was just obsessed with this game. Like, you know, he obviously finished the campaign, but he just mm-hmm. kept on playing it over and over and over because he would he would manipulate the guards into doing stupid things. And again, like completely unheard of at the time. It's, you know, really cool game. Okay. Um, Benya, what about your experiences with, with Thief? Have you played it at all? Uh, no, I really have no experience. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it wasn't that big in Germany, I think. Uh, it got a good... Oh, gotcha. It got uh, some good reviews, but um, mm-hmm. PC gaming wasn't the way to go, I think. And um, when you had a PC, uh, I had a PC at the time... Uh, you mm. mostly prefer uh, Unreal or Doom, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's more the action. Those were, way. yeah, yeah. It's it's a clear example of '98 was was such a glut of good games. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It's not surprising to run into one of these and just be like, "Well, I never played yeah. it because I was playing this other genre defining game that I really loved." Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And and um, Thief is like it's a very it I. W- Am I going to call it niche? I am going to call it niche, aren't yeah. I? It is kind of a niche game, right? Like, I would say... I, I know I'm generalizing, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that most gamers kind of want action, right? Yeah. You know, in your first-person game. And in Thief, you know, there's a lot of waiting. You know, there's a lot of hiding in the shadow, waiting for the guard yeah. to walk by. There's, And I don't think that a lot of people have the patience for that, especially now. 
Yeah, I will say that one of the things you touched on is that in Thief, you are sort of armed with this bow and arrow. And a lot of the sort of flexibility and mechanics come from the different types of arrows. So aside from the rope arrow, I know there's also a water arrow that you can use to like unlight torches and create darkness. Um, in certain situations, there's moss arrows that make it so when you walk on surfaces that would normally be loud, they're not as loud. So there's a lot of you have to sort of figure your own way around and you have to uh, you have a lot of flexibility in how you want to approach situations in Thief. And yeah. I know that Thief also has some really advanced AI for the time, which here's the thing is. When you talk about two games like this, it's really crazy to see how on the one hand, Thief is like this really, really advanced game with a lot of really interesting and very complex mechanics that now as an adult, like really appeal to me. Like it's something I'm like, ooh, I'd want to explore this a lot more. Whereas Pokemon, I don't want to call it rudimentary, but even by the standards of what it is, which is an RPG, it's sort of a simple RPG. Um, and that's probably what led to it. One of the factors that led to it being so popular, aside from having an anime and all these cute mascot characters <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, Butterfree, Butterfree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Pikachu. Yeah, I, I got a fun fact about uh, Pokemon. It had a review here in in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, they call it a Tamagotchi Hysteria follow up. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is, actually. Yeah. yeah. It it's it's really it's really a strange situation to be in because like I said, as a kid, Pokemon was it because that's what I wanted. I wanted like these simple experiences that I could very easily sit down and play because I feel like as a kid, the simpler something is, the easier you can get into it, the more it appeals to you because you don't have to struggle and sort of hit your head against the wall, try to figure <laughs> things out as much. And Pokemon yeah. does a really good job of slowly introducing, you know, mechanics and complexity as you go along. Whereas a game like Thief, I feel like you have to really buckle down and, and sort of learn its intricacies and learn how it works. And that's sort of the shortcomings in Thief. One thing you mentioned, Paul, I think, is people really want action. And Thief's combat is not its strong suit. I think... Maybe not intentionally, but it's definitely one of the things that it doesn't do as well as it could. And I think that, you know, as gamers, especially during that time, as Benya was saying, there's a lot of doom, there's a lot of unreal. This was sort of something new that we hadn't seen before. I, I do think we want to talk about really quickly is just run through some of the basics. Um, so critical reception is one of the factors that we consider on here in terms of sales and uh, how it was reviewed. And Thief is reviewed extremely well. Um, Thief, basically from what I could find, nothing but nines across the board, nine plus. It was really a critical darling. Like the people who were in charge of reviewing these games and game developers, people who were working on games, 
really loved this game. This was sort of the game maker's game. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's a quote here that I I I, I want to read because I think it's very important to what we're talking about. Um, Mark Laidlaw, who's the writer and designer of Half-Life, which is another game we talked about in this tournament, said that Thief is the single most terrifying, immersive, and rewarding game I've ever played. And one of the And the one single player game I continue to replay. There are countless books I wish I had written. Thief is one of the few games I wish I had worked on. This is somebody who's created one of the, you know, most impressive games of the time this same year. And he's (laughs) saying that this is a game he wish he could have worked on. Like, Thief is not something to be slept on. I think a lot of people now might not remember Thief or might not think of it as highly as, you know, people thought of it when it was released. But Thief was, you know, a game ahead of its time, I think, a little bit. And the pedigree is there, right? Like Looking Glass Studios, this is the same, the same, <laughs> the same studio that worked on, on System Shock and System Shock 2, which came out a year later. Like, you know, they were doing some pretty special stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was all, you know, it was all slower paced, more methodical, definitely more atmospheric. That's one of the ways yeah. in th- that's one of the ways the thief really shines. Mm. You have like these weird ambient sounds. You have like I said before the use of darkness and light and even later in the game like dude the game just gets weird, right? Yeah. Like you know <laughs> ha- you have these rooms where the furniture's upside down and you know that's a whole other part of the story that I don't think it's worth, you know, getting into now, mm-hmm. but it does it does make sense that the furniture is on the ceiling. It, you just have to trust me on that. With that said, it looks really weird. And yeah. there's there are a lot of instances of that later in the game, and it really adds to the atmosphere and story. And the other thing, too, no HUD, right? Like, they give you every level, the character tells you how he got this map. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always a story behind how he got the map. It's not just like, hey, I've got a map. You know, he's got this map. Sometimes the map isn't completely filled out. And so you're left to explore the levels. It's very, like, the screen is very, very bare bones. And you know what? Sometimes you get a little lost, and sometimes you have to backtrack. Mm -hmm. You know, that, and to me, that adds to the atmosphere of the game, right? A little bit of, a little bit of getting little, you know, a little bit of getting lost. You're a little bit unsure. Um, You know, we don't really have too much of that nowadays, because we've always got some kind of mini map on our HUD. Yep. Like even like even Metal Gear, the other game, one of the other games in this 1998 list of ours has that. Yep. And I think um we've talked about that before that the lack of HUD is really good for what I think Thief was trying to do, which is be an immersive experience. You're always in first person, so you always see everything from Garrett's point of view. There's no HUD, so I feel and obviously the use of the ambient sound, the ambient lighting, all that sort of comes together to create a really engaging experience, especially for a video game of this vintage. Yeah, it, yeah, it was also the, the first game that used surround sound. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I didn't yeah, know that yeah. either. Well, and, and, and see, that's, they, they, that's... Used, they, they used hmm? it as a, as a mechanic where you uh, touch the ground with your feet. The enemies can hear that and you, they have to go slower. And uh, that was kind of the, yeah, the first integration of that. Oh, wow. But see, that's that's the thing is, mechanically, this game is sort of operating on a different plane than, yeah. than Pokemon. And I don't mean to say that sort of denigrating Pokemon, but what you see here is sort of 
the peak of what I think technologically developers could get away with, um, especially in a game like this. Like, it's very clear that there was sort of a purpose to every little detail in this game. It was all in service of the player. And I think that's something that every, anybody can really appreciate. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're kind of putting me in a position here where I'm going to defend Pokemon and it's, it's making, <laughs> it's making my skin crawl, but I'm going to do it anyway. There is, there is something to be said for simplicity oh, and yeah. creating a gateway game, right? Yeah. Because at this time, we're talking 1998, we're three years into the PlayStation Saturn era, you know, the PlayStation era, and the RPGs are just getting more and more complicated, Mm -hmm. and everybody's kind of trying to fumble around with 3D graphics and figure out what the heck to do with this. Yep. And then along comes Pokemon, and Nintendo knows that there are tons of kids out there who own Game Boys. And so, hey, let's create this game that's like a gateway for RPG gamers, right? Yep. And I've, I mean, what can you say, right? It was executed pretty much perfectly. Yep. Yeah, Everybody hard. loves to collect things, Paul, especially in the 90s. Pogs oh were God. huge, uh, baseball cards, like people love collecting things. So why not collect cute anime monsters? Sure, yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> that's not going to create a bunch of addicts at all, right? No, no. absolutely not. I'm yeah. sure they only had the best of intentions when they yeah. made all these games. Um, and and in looking at Pokemon, it's it's funny because looking back at Pokemon critically, it wasn't as lauded as you think it was. Um, obviously, it wasn't panned like. 7 to 10s, pretty much, so about 8.5 on the average. But there were two uh, reviews that I found really interesting. One is from Famitsu, which gave it a 29 out of 40. Not bad, but not exactly what I'd expect for something like Pokemon, especially from uh, the Japanese perspective. I, I would have assumed they'd, they'd loved it. I would have assumed so, too, but yeah. Famitsu does... Like, Famitsu rarely gives out, you know, the perfect 40 yeah, score. Yeah, of course. But with that said, you know, they're pretty generous with the numbers, generally speaking. I don't know. Sevens and eights seems kind of in line for what they would give Pokemon, in my opinion. Yeah. And then Nintendo Power uh, infamously gave Pokemon Blue a 7.2. I do have it on good authority from some random Reddit user, though, that Nintendo Power was kind of harsh with their scores, supposedly. So 7.2 is actually really good i don't believe that for a second i I don't either (laughs) i don't i don't believe that for a second nintendo might have been harsh with their scores for third party games Mm. but their first party games they they treated like gold (laughs) and pokemon was a first party game i'm thinking that they knew that this game was going to be such a huge success that they purposely rated it low so that they could say hey who says we treat all our first game parties or, you know, first party games with uh, with kid gloves, right? Look what we did with Pokemon. That's bullshit. Yeah. I, you know, you might be right. Also, the fact that it sold over 31 million units across all its versions um, is probably another sign of the fact that, hey, maybe we don't need to be super, you know, generous with this one. Everybody's buying it anyway. Yeah, um, like, you know, if someone's addicted to cocaine, it doesn't matter what you rate the cocaine. <laughs> they're going to they're going to want it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, this bump is a four out of ten. They're still gonna take the bump. Ah, oh, Lord. Um, I, and I agree. Like, Pokemon really is is the cocaine of video games. I think we can all we can all sort of get behind that sentiment. Yeah, the yeah. the collecting I think is is what does it. It, it I find it amusing because it's it is the, targeted at children. It and really, like, I I can tell you one thing. The the mechanics, you know, are sort of simple as we've discussed, and obviously getting through the story is interesting. But the the real lasting appeal of this game is in the battling and the trading. You know, yeah. as a kid, you owned a you owned a Game Boy, you owned a a copy of Pokemon, and you probably owned a Link Cable, and you probably had a group of friends that you'd get together with and just sort of go back and forth. Um, and it's persisted to this day to the point that there are competitive, you know, Pokemon scenes and people still battle. And now it's gotten really technical and I hate it because it's all about <laughs> min maxing everything and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I want to use Mr. Mime because that's a Pokemon that I can use, Paul. It's a mime Pokemon. Um, I'm just, I'm shaking my head. And here. it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, but no, you know, ultimately, in terms of of critical appeal and sales thief is is not in that same league as pokemon because pokemon was such a phenomenon and you know it was just everywhere there's so many people who owned pokemon knew what pokemon was but we can't sort of discard the fact that that thief was doing things that as paul said and we'll talk about a little bit later reverberated through gaming for a time and sort of made their way into games that people really enjoyed later on Mm -hmm. um in terms of being genre defining which is the other uh big one that we're talking about you know here's the thing and and i want to ask you guys about this because i've been i've been struggling with this for a while i don't know that i would necessarily call pokemon genre defining because i think pokemon is the only game that does what pokemon does in the sense that whenever I see a game that tries to do some of the things that Pokemon does, it usually just tries to do the exact same thing. And I sort of see it as like a clone and not really something that's quote unquote inspired by. Like when I see stuff like Yokai Watch, games like that where it's like collect the thing and battle it. I'm like, it's 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 not really inspired by Pokemon. It's just kind of trying to be Pokemon. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of apples and oranges when you when you put it that way, right? Like inspiration, clone. It's kind of part and parcel in my opinion. Okay. So you would say like Pokemon in that sense I think then created kind of its own genre. It was definitely if not the creator of mm. the, you know, monster collecting kind of subgenre RPG. If not the creator, it was definitely the one that popularized it and made everybody want to copy it and come up with their own. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I've I've heard claim that that title sort of belongs to Shin Megami Tensei um, because they were sort of doing a, you know, recruit, collect, battle, demon situation beforehand. But Pokemon definitely, you know, sort of tweaked it and made it so accessible to everybody. Yeah. Because my mom would let me play with demons when I was seven. <laughs> Why not? I, you know what? I should ask her. I really should. Yeah, do that, please. <laughs> I think it would have been. I think it would have been optimal for my development if that's what I was playing. Obscure I Japanese so. RPGs. <laughs> um, 
But no, uh, and then obviously Thief, we've talked about how it also did its own thing in, in creating this sort of genre, right? Like, it's the first, maybe not the first stealth game, but it's one of the first and definitely the most refined up to that point, uh, PC stealth game that introduced a bunch of new mechanics with light and sound and all that stuff. Um, so in its own way, I think Thief defines its own genre as well and goes on to inspire a whole host of, of games. Um, yeah, like it, it inspired, I wouldn't say a host, more like a handful. Okay. Like, you you know, you've got your Splinter Cell games yep. that take a lot from Thief, and then later you have Dishonored, you know, clearly kind of a, a descendant of it. Would you say uh, Hitman is in that conversation as well? Yeah, yeah, I'd say Hitman is in there too. Uh, strangely enough, you know, for a game <laughs> called Hitman, you'd, you'd expect Hitman to be like more, you know, more action packed. And I mean, it's got its action, but it also takes cues um, from Thief. Thief was like, you know, the originator for a lot of these different mechanics and uh, and stylistic choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't as like, you know, it wasn't uh, quite as influential as, say, something like Half-Life or, or Counter-Strike which you know are almost the same uh, no that's a lie it's just the same engine. <laughs> <laughs> they're wildly different yeah, but you can find part of parts parts of it in in um tomb raider and uh, some adventure games oh yeah. So. yeah yes even in stuff like and i and i don't think it's inspired by thief necessarily but the the act of like crouching walking slower to not be detected stuff like that yeah. even stuff like skyrim you can see you know those sorts of of uh little touches right where it's like crouch to walk slower and not be as as loud and you know always be in the shadow so people can't see you as much yeah fair enough i might be down i might be downplaying thief's influence a little bit that's that's something Uh, mario 64 uh, did as well so you have to you have to (laughs) sneak uh, around the the uh flowers and something like that and yeah. No, I remember <laughs> the only thing I remember sneaking around Mario sixty four was that damn piano that <laughs> yeah. comes to life with teeth and scares the shit out of me every time. <laughs> um but I think what we're gonna do now is we're gonna take a small little break, we're gonna come back and sort of talk about the big part of this episode, which is gonna be the legacy and sort of attachments we have to these particular games. So we'll be right back, guys. Let's take a quick break. Gotta catch all, gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all. Do we? Yes! Flachinder, Croconaw, Durant, Cherum, Uamora, Ursaring, Elgium, Clampro, Magikarp, Shatatororus, Pydove, Ludicolo, Darkrai, Nosepass, Chronidos, Kyogre, NK, Magnuso, Shupit, Walrhine, Delcani, Gyarados, Ralts, Latius, Shenular, Torchic, Wormadom, Abra, Venomoth, Joltik. For real though, my throat's sore. I need a rest. No rest for the best. And we're back, everybody. So, now that we've all taken a break, taken a breath, um, we've sort of covered two of our big five criteria that we cover here. We've covered critical reception, and we've covered, you know, did these games define these genres? Like, how genre-defining are they? Um, So we're going to be moving on to Legacy. But before we do that, it sort of struck me as we were going about that I'm being entirely too positive about both of these games. And, you know, I think it's important to get the other side of of that. So before we do move on to Legacy, is there something either of you would like to to share, you know, about these games that we haven't covered already up to this point? Yeah, I got uh, something about Thief. Um, Some uh, some mentioned in the critics, 
that they were disappointed mm. that it doesn't uh, feel like a real thief, so you don't break into houses and <laughs> steal steal <laughs> some some jewelry or something like that. And um, it c kind of feels felt uh, for them like an Indiana Jones game. So mm. I, interesting. Yeah. Well, it does become very like uh, rooted in the supernatural later on. So I can definitely see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, the uh the common <laughs> the common perception is that the first half of the game is actually better than the second half. Okay. And that's just because it's more rooted in reality and being an actual thief and then <laughs> later on in the game it's like Benya said it's it's like Indiana Jones-ish. Yeah, sneaking all around. Yeah. It it got a bit a little bit uh, a little bit lost in in the later section of the game. So Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And like and because later on in the game the creatures are more yeah, right. supernatural in nature, like like for example, like there's there's ghosts, mm. right? And it's kind of difficult to tell which direction the ghost is facing because they're because it's a ghost. They're not people. <laughs> like it's not Yeah, it's not clear, right? So you might think you're sneaking past the ghost and in the meantime it's looking right at you and you're like, "Ah, fuck." Paul, I know that I didn't sort of I, I, I made you defend Pokemon, so I'm gonna give you the floor for two minutes to tell me why it's maybe the second greatest game you've ever played and not the first. Well, look, you're right. You did you did put me in a position where I had to defend Pokemon <laughs> and I still I'm gonna have to take a shower like right after this show. <laughs> But I, I will say I will say one thing about Pokemon. This doesn't come out in the reviews. This is from first hand experience here. Yeah. Hashtag facts. So, like, back when I was working at the video game store, I had a day where a mom walked in with her son. Mm -hmm. Her son was crying. The kid was bawling because the game shark that they purchased at my store deleted his Pokemon save game file. Oh, and I, I swear to God, guys, she gave me she gave me so much shit for it. It was like it was like <laughs> oh, no. I. It was like I personally manufactured the game shark like in my parents' basement. That's She was like she was like the sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. Like oh, I just God. got dressed down so hard. Now, look. You know, that's fine. Mom's got her, you know, her son's crying whatever. Yeah. At the moment I wasn't too impressed, but in retrospect, like she's got to she's just got to yell at someone, right? Yeah. And and the pimply-faced teenager is the one in front of her, so <laughs> That's the kid who's going to take it well enough. But like, look, all I'm saying is that over the course of my life, I've had save games deleted. I've had save games deleted in RPGs due to power outages. I've had save games deleted because I lent the game to a friend and they saved in the wrong slot. Here's the difference. I never cried about it. That kid <laughs> who walked into my store was soft and Pokemon made him Himself. soft. All these problems that people have these days with millennials and how they're soft? <laughs> Pokemon. It's Pokemon. But this kid just lost all his all, all its monsters. So Whatever. He's he's better off. He's better off without Butterfree. That's, that's all I'm saying. Butterfree never did him any favors. Is that the game that you want winning this tournament? Just saying. You okay there, already? <laughs> I just, I just like to see the Pokemon box that you designed, where the blurbs <laughs> on the back are like makes your children soft, and also uh, <laughs> will cause uh, <laughs> will cause fainting spells. 
Yeah. Based yeah. on your on your lone two experiences of Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. If you want if you want rabid children, then by all means expose them to Pokemon. Dude, I remember I remember standing behind the counter with, with my manager, my old manager Dave, mm-hmm. and we were just sharing a quiet moment. It was the middle of the afternoon, there was nobody in the store. Yeah. And we were just kind of standing there. And unprompted by any conversation, Dave says, You know what, Paul? Pikachu can fuck right off. (laughs) What other game could inspire that? Where nothing else is happening and you just want to tell Pikachu to fuck off just for the sake of it. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Pokemon. I want you to insert a, like, shocked Pikachu sound. As you you say that. (laughs) Is there a shocked Pikachu sound? (laughs) there There are so many ways to say Pikachu. Um, Evidently. As Paul will soon discover when we make him watch the entire anime. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, shoot me in the face, please. <laughs> I should I should let people know that I asked you. I, we don't normally do this, but I, I gave Paul some homework. I asked him, Paul, please view this three-minute video. It was the original poker rap from 1998. Paul made it, I believe, 29 seconds into the video before turning 29 it 29 seconds. 29 seconds. I had to turn it off. It was so bad. It was Paul, like, that, is, that was high art that I sent you. Probably the best created rap ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was, it, was, it was horrendous. And like I said, like I said to you before, Arnie, not on the podcast... That's the first time I learned that there was a Pokemon named Butterfree was in this rap. <laughs> and when you when you combine the the late nineties terrible amateur rap sound yep. with the with the the Pokemon theme, and then I heard Butterfree and I was like, I can't. I I just I can't I can't watch <laughs> this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was it was three minutes long, I lasted twenty nine seconds, <laughs> and I was like so yeah, we've we've done critical reception, yep. which is one of our five criteria. Yep. We've talked about how or whether the game defines the genre. Yep. And uh, Arnie, what's the third criteria out of our five? The third criteria is personal attachment. Um, and I think we've we've tread that ground. Have I, we though? I I think so. I think <laughs> I love Pokemon with all of my heart. I will I will embrace it in my in my arms and and nuzzle it to bed. Um, and you seem to hate children and reflect that <laughs> hatred onto Pokemon. Dude, I love the children. Look, I remember, <laughs> I remember one kid, like you know, buying a pack of Pokemon cards, and he opened a Charizard, and when he saw, <laughs> when he saw the Charizard, the child was literally shaking, like vibrating, <laughs> like a tuning fork. And I looked at him, and I'm like, "That's a meth addict." That, now. Not that I would know, right? I'm not I'm not a meth addict, but like I can tell you with certainty that this child's life was destroyed by Pokémon. <laughs> because the way he was shaking, that was a child with a medical issue that was caused by Pokémon. <laughs> now Benya, let me ask you, is this the kind of game you want advancing in this tournament? Uh, I'm not sure about it. Um yeah, I don't have any attachment to to Pokémon Red and Blue, but uh yeah. I, I used to to learn to love it, uh, like uh, when Pokemon Go came out. So. <laughs> oh my God, Pokemon oh, Go! Yeah. So, a few years ago, when Pokemon Go was at the height of its popularity, I was driving. <laughs> I was driving home from a cottage. I was visiting. I was visiting Ontario, and I was at a buddy's cottage, and I was driving back home to Toronto from the cottage. And there were three other people in my car, 
And the three other people in the car could not stop talking about Pokemon Go. And I'm and I'm sitting there driving and I just want to gouge my ears. Like I just want to like stick needles right into them and just not hear this anymore. In fact, one of the guys was I swear to God, he was using the, he was using the Pokemon Go conversation to hit on my buddy's girlfriend right in front of him. Right? It was my buddy his girlfriend and this other dude. Now this other dude over the course of the weekend otherwise hadn't displayed any poor behavior. But of course, Pokémon turned him into an asshole. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He was he was like hitting on her right in front of the guy. Now my other buddy was, you know, he was either too nice or too oblivious to notice, but I noticed and it was cuz of Pokémon. So I'd like to ask our listeners is is this the kind of game you want advancing in this tournament? Oh lord. I Oh my god. <laughs> Have you had a single positive experience with Pokémon? I once saw um a crushed Pokémon box and it made me happy. <laughs> Oh wait, no. I have I have a good experience with it. I actually I have a buddy who really likes Pokemon. I I can't believe we're still friends, but it's true. <laughs> and I I bought him for his birthday a copy of Pokemon Red. Mm. And uh and he really liked it and I felt really good about it. It really kind of ticked all the boxes like I made someone else feel good yeah. and I didn't have to play Pokemon. Well, that's good. But you <laughs> yeah. spread it. You spread the the disease, Paul. Look, he's an adult. He can make adult choices. <laughs> if he was a child, there's no way because their 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 little their poor little brains are so susceptible <laughs> to influence that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put the Pokemon on the child. Yeah. But as an as an adult, yeah, I can I can do that without feeling bad about it. I I will say that you know if for some reason these episodes never see the light of day, or you know the show ends, or you know, I die or something. Having this conversation was a hundred percent worth this entire thing. The stories never end. I have anyway. So it sounds like you do so have a very strong attachment. personal attachment to Pokemon. Actually, it sounds like you and Pokemon are quite close. Yeah, yeah, they're they're great. Um, it's like Batman and but Joker. as far as <laughs> yeah, as far as um, as far as Thief goes, like I I only have attachment to Thief. Insofar as I've I've seen it, um, like I've I've heard of it and I've done research on it and I really admire it in that sense. But an attachment as in me personally playing it, no attachment maybe to some of the games it inspired, but not so much to Thief itself. Um, Benya, do you have any attachment to Thief? No, not really. Uh, I think I <laughs> at first I heard about it when when uh, the reboot came out in two thousand fourteen, okay. I think. And uh, yeah. then I start googling uh, <laughs> what can it can it be that it's, it's uh, a forced game in the series and I haven't heard about it that can't be true oh, yeah. and <laughs> and I found found out um, I found out that in Germany it was called Dark Project Der Meisterdieb so <laughs> it it it, oh, it wasn't called Thief at all so so it was called I was Dark remembering I, I read about that yeah but <laughs> but not about Thief <laughs> oh wow so were was every game in the series like the second and third one, were they also called Dark Project, or did they switch back the, to Thief in the Germany? The second one was called Dark Project Two, and uh, the third one was was Thief Three. Then, 
That's ah. that's so terribly confusing. Yeah, Germans do that all the time. <laughs> they they just take some some English titles and <laughs> do some other English titles, and that isn't <laughs> isn't totally ridiculous. Oh now, to be fair, the Germans do almost everything better than us. <laughs> yeah, but not remaming so... renaming films or games. That's that's way worse. <laughs> I I agree. I just I just understand the German mentality. <laughs> Because <laughs> if if I did everything better than everyone else, I would also kind of just rename shit. Just do and whatever, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you can. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, we've come now to the fourth criterion, which is legacy. And here, I think, is where the meat of the conversation is. I think we've touched on it as we've gone through the other criterion. But I think this is where, you know, you're going to get your closest your closest head-to-head matchup with these games. Let's start with Thief. I think there's a lot to say about Pokemon, obviously. But I think I think I want to give the, the floor to Thief really quickly. So, Paul, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, your opinions on the legacy of Thief? You know, it's... It's funny, Arnie. Like, we've, we've already kind of touched on most of it, to be yeah. honest with you. Like, you know, a lot of the mechanics that get seen in other games, the the kind of uh, atmospheric storytelling, mm. right? Thief doesn't have any cutscenes in it either. Yet yeah. it successfully manages to tell its story in the game. And I mean, look, it's not a super complex story. It's a first-person thief simulator, really, mm. right? Uh, that's kind of short-selling it, but you know what I'm talking about. The fact that there aren't any cutscenes, though, that actually, you know, that wasn't something that was common at the time. Usually to tell a story, you have text dialogue boxes and so on and so forth thief was one of the first games where they're telling the story in engine through you know ambient conversations that you hear elsewhere um through the main protagonist's own kind of self-reflection like he'll talk to himself sometimes Mm -hmm. and uh and kind of tell the story that way and that's as you're moving along really cool thing we didn't you know that's one of the only things we we didn't touch on uh, but a lot of the mechanics, yeah, you've seen them in other games, games that I never thought of, like even something like Skyrim. I'm glad, I'm glad that was brought up because you know I just didn't think of it. I think you're right. We have talked about most of it, and you know the the big part where you're gonna see Thief is is in 1998 in that sort of space and time. It was how mechanically advanced this game was, where how good the ai was that you were working with like how it integrated all those small things that now i think people take for granted like the use of sound the use of light shadow all that stuff this is the game that sort of put it front and center and made people realize like oh this is something that we can integrate into our games and make it fun and make it something that people be interested in Um, yeah and it's worth mentioning that not only was steve kind of the first it wasn't they were also the only right yeah. like it's not like other games where you might have similar ones coming out concurrently yeah. where developers all kind of have the same idea and and so on like nobody else was working on the stuff that thief was doing yeah right that was you know it was it was not only new but it was also very original and you know one could argue that yeah these kind of things would have come out eventually but you know what? Someone had to do it first, mm-hmm. and Thief did it really, really well for the time. And they created uh, an own engine for for the game, so so they could uh, definitely do what they wanted to do. So um, yes, 
Yeah, I think it's it's a really big influence on, on most of uh, adventure games and uh, the sneaking uh, <laughs> genre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any any I I remember I saw a quote that I really liked where you know thief sort of came out in the era of the first person shooter, but it and it and it did integrate some of that stuff. You know, the 3D level design, the first person viewpoint, all that stuff. But people called it a first person sneaker um, because it, that's what the main mechanic was. And yeah. I, I kind of agree. Like it really is. It really took the tools of its time and sort of made its own thing. And really the fact that, you know, you can sort of trace a line from Thief to, you know, all these different, you know, uh, series that we've talked about is is really impressive in my mind. Like the fact that something like that could sort of live on in that way for so long in so many different places speaks to a game that a lot of people really enjoyed and really took to heart what the game had to offer them. Um, yeah. And then on the other hand, there's Pikachu who's been on the side <laughs> of a plane. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're, we're in the age of there was just a live action Pokemon movie release not even that long ago. It might actually it might still be in theaters. I don't even know. Um, you know yeah. Is. What is there yeah. to say about Pokemon's legacy <laughs> that Paul has not succinctly summed up uh, during this entire episode? Ah, dude, it's it's inescapable. It's inescapable. It's it's everywhere. It's still everywhere. I didn't. Yeah. Even I didn't think it would last this long, and yeah. and I saw and I saw children who were, were reduced to blubbering blobs by yeah. <laughs> their addiction to Pokemon. Well, and here's the thing: we're sort of it, Benya brought this up, and I and I really like that she did because we're sort of in a second wave of Pokemon, at least in my opinion, because yeah. Pokemon in that time, like 1998, 99, 2000, Pokemon was inescapable, and then for a while, Pokemon was. Still very highly regarded, still very much talked about, still very popular, but more so with gamers, not as much with the general public. Like the general public can tell you about your Pikachus and your Charmanders and your Bulbasaurs, maybe not so much when you're getting into like the third, fourth, fifth generation of Pokemon. But then when Pokemon Go comes out, it's like Pokemon leaps right back into the public consciousness and the general public sort of remembers (laughs) like, oh, Pokemon's a thing that's now extremely popular again. Um, and now, you know, we're finally getting that 3D Pokemon that we've, that I've always wanted at least. So Pokemon is, is riding a 20 year wave that has really not fallen that much. Yeah. No, it's had its, it's had its peaks and valleys, but it's always been, you know, in our consciousness. It's always been there. And, uh, I don't, I don't see it ever going away which is great like i mean every every hero needs a nemesis <laughs> yeah i think it's even more popular than than in the 90s so um it might, it might and be. everyone it knows might, that yeah, it I, I i talk to to my niece and my nephew and they love pokemon and then i talk to my mom who is nearly 70 and she loves pokemon too and <laughs> that's that's ridiculous <laughs> that's, it's <laughs> there's such a such a big range in in age and that's yeah it it really it's it's one of those games that has sort of defied defied time kind of um even though they release more games and you get more pokemon it's sort of still 
I would I, I would have to agree with Benja. If not more popular than it was back then, probably just as popular, at yeah. least in the game space, if nothing else. And, you know, outside of Mario, and I think I've, I've already said this, but outside of Mario, I can't think of another game franchise that is to that level, you know, of just ubiquity in that anywhere you go in the world, you show somebody a picture of Pikachu, they probably know what it is. I've seen so many bootleg Pokemon stuffed animals at so many county fairs in so many places. Like, everybody knows, you know, at least one Pokemon. And through it all... Butterfree. Yeah, Butterfree (laughs) is a big one. I think it's like the second most popular Pokemon. Oh, it sounds delicious. Free of butter? It's great. (laughs) But, no, I mean, you know, they're... Talking about Pokemon's legacy is hard because I feel like when you talk about legacy, you usually talk about something that used to be really big and now isn't, but you can still see how what it did like tr- like kept on going in other forms. But Pokemon is still here. Pokemon is, you know, like they're still making games. It's still extremely popular. People still love it all over the world. So... Yeah, and you, you can find it everywhere. It's, it's like... You go to the supermarket and uh, got a got a Pikachu mark there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And yep. here's here's the one thing because I feel like we're circling the drain a little bit, but here's the one thing that I also found really impressive is that Pokemon is one of the few franchises I can think of that has survived. Its popularity has survived in more than one medium. So the video games are still popular, but the card game is still popular. The anime is still going like one of those things should have stopped. You know, when you're doing that much, like one of those things should either not have worked or it just shouldn't be like existing. Anymore, yeah, they're doing right? they're doing yeah. more yeah. all the time. There are the movies and all the merchandise yep. with figures and stuff like that. And yeah, you can even walk around like your own Pikachu with with a costume or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think they even have like a, a Build a Bear workshop. You can make like Pokemon yeah. Build a Bears and stuff. Like, oh, yeah, my dream come true! Yeah, yeah, I know. That's right. it's insane. That <laughs> uh, there are there are Pokemon fests with with huge parades uh, in Japan, and uh, yeah, they they're doing a festival around that with <laughs> celebrating everything. That's Pokemon. Oh my god! See, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to go visit Japan in February. Now, now I'm not so sure. Now I'm not so <laughs> yeah. Have to have to rethink this whole trip. Yep. But anyway, I think I think with regards to legacy, Pokemon is clearly yeah. the clearly the winner here. Yeah. I think no, so but too. can I keep telling you about how popular this game that I that I like and you don't is? Can I? So can head I to head, keep telling. <laughs> no, Paul. <laughs> There's a plane and it <laughs> No. So yes. So finally it's it's come down to this. Head to head. I I divide this into sort of two questions. Is which game which of these two would you rather play? And which do you think is the more more important game? Um so Ben, you, I, I want to get your opinion on this. I know you didn't have experience with either one at the time they came yeah. out, but Seeing, you know, seeing how they both play and how they've grown, I, I'm I'm sure you, you, you know, you've looked into it, you know what these games like do and how they look. Which do you think you would rather go back and play? Um, I already start uh, playing Pokemon Red, so. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I started it yes. today and 
then then the batteries went off so <laughs> I, I had to stop <laughs> but the but, disease uh, spreads paul it really does but with uh, with those genres i like and the mechanics i saw i would rather play and probably play through thieves so uh, yeah it, okay. it's more appealing to me um what about you paul which one do you think you'd rather go back to oh, i'd rather play thief do you want do you want to think about it for a little bit Sure. Give me give me like five seconds of okay. silence. It'll it'll make for a great podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I'll come back and I'll say the same thing. <laughs> I mean, look, which which is the more important game? You know, like it, it to me. It, there's it, to me, it's clearly Pokemon. I hate to mm. say it, but like, I man, I remember even in the late '90s. Like, look, the Game Boy by then, by the time Pokemon came out, the Game Boy was like seven years old. Yeah. And we had the Game Boy Color, but really it was just kind of the same thing with a crappy color screen. Mm-hmm. And like and there were more advanced handhelds coming out, but like Pokemon single-handedly propped up that crappy old Game Boy technology for like five more years. Yep. You know what I mean? Like what other game could could do that? Like there's been no other console where it outlived its expected lifespan by a matter of years because mm-hmm. of one game. And I'm pretty confident saying it was because of one game. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, cause Pokemon was games. released late in the lifespan of the game boy. Like had it, had it, the game boy came out in 89. Pokemon came out in 98. Nine years is oh a long God, shelf years. life for, yeah. a, for, for a console. I mean, Pokemon yeah, came out like, in Japan in 96, but it came to the States and Europe in 98. So, yeah, Europe. Europe was was late ninety nine. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So you're not you're not even allowed to be on this podcast because this is ninety eight. No, yeah. We're gonna <laughs> have to. We're so gonna have I, to ask I you to leave. Just then. go. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. I think Paul, I walked like... through the through the wrong door. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Paul. I I I think you're right. Like it really did sort of prop up the Game Boy for another, like you said, five, six years probably on its Much own. to my chagrin. Yeah. Much to my chagrin. Because, like, there was better portable technology out there. Yeah. And it just, it could never find a foothold because of these stupid little pocket monsters <laughs> just <laughs> holding everybody else back. Uh, Arnie, thanks. you, what would you rather play? You know, okay. So, I would rather play Thief because I think it's, more interesting and much more advanced. But here's the thing is Thief has sequels that I believe improved on the formula. And we're not talking about those, but I say that to make the point that even though Pokemon has had sequels, it has had iteration, it has evolved. The base mechanics of Pokemon are still essentially the same as they were in Red and Blue. So going back to play Pokemon, I think would be much less difficult than going back to play something like Thief after you've played stuff that sort of evolved that formula. Yeah, um, good point. But if I was going to pick one for myself, I would probably try to go back and play Thief because as Benya said, it just appeals to me more. Like the complexity of it now that I'm older and I've played more games really is something that I kind of want to experience. Whereas Pokemon is, you know, you've played more you've played more complex RPGs that are more interesting in a sense um, than what Pokemon can offer just mechanically. But yeah, 
in terms of who's what's the more important game, I think it obviously is Pokemon. I didn't ask you, Benya, which one do you think is more important between the two of them? Yeah, it's ob- obviously Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no doubt with influencing a whole pop culture. Uh, pop culture. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I try to, to get that word out uh, some other day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that one. Pop culture, I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. So shall we shall we make our... Uh... Shall we cast our votes to see which one will get kicked off the island? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I would really like to start with you, Benya. Which one? So which which one of these games moves on in the tournament? Yeah, it breaks my heart, but it's obviously Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Um, how about you, Paul? I want you to go first. It also breaks my heart, and it's obviously Pokemon. It's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. You know? If it, now, if if Ozzy was here, my God, he would <laughs> he would call me a fraud. He would call me so many. Names. He and would, he would probably but, pick Thief. No, like, I, look, I'm pretty sure, despite all all leadings, I don't think Ozzy is that stubborn that he, he would no. say Thief over Pokemon. Eh, I don't know, man. He's Maybe. a lawyer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like um, when we go it's it's weird because like we've we've already recorded a couple of these episodes previously. We yeah. haven't published them yet. Or maybe we have. I don't. I don't even know what order we're gonna do these in. But like, <laughs> you know, we we went through the one, two, three, four, five, and when we go through the five, right? Critical reception, genre defining person, mm-hmm. da, 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 like thief actually comes out on top barely. Yeah. Right? If we, if yeah. we're going through each of these things that we've been talking about, I think so. And with that said, the answer is is still Pokemon, just because like the legacy, the sales numbers, they they just dwarf everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even like the fact, like I said, the fact that it propped up old technology, the fact that, you know, it made an entire generation, millions of children into soft, (laughs) you know, (laughs) crying, useless things like it. it, What other game could do that? Yeah, I agree. My vote is meaningless at this point because it's already won, (laughs) but it, it, it fills my heart with joy to see Pokemon Live to fight another day, where hopefully Paul will be forced to talk about it some more. No, no, this is my last Pokemon <laughs> episode. I, I can't, I can't do this again. I feel, I feel so dirty, dude. You have, you have no idea. Like the fact that I had to actually select Pokemon to move on. This is awful. This is an awful day. Oh come on, you love it. Um, so actually, yes. you know what? You you two voted for Pokemon, right? Uh, I will yeah. vote for Pokemon, yes. Okay, my vote's Steve then. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as as we've done a couple times, I did put up a little Instagram poll uh, for people to vote on, just so we can get an idea of what our the people who follow us think. Um, and Paul, who do you think won this this Instagram poll? <laughs> <laughs> the question isn't so much who won; it's whether Thief got a single vote. Thief Thief got six votes. What it did. That's Pokemon got much. 29 votes. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Um, I'm glad I'm not alone. That's, no. No. Uh, yeah. I think I think there are people because obviously when something is as big as Pokemon, there are people who who despise everything that it stands for <laughs> and the fact that it even exists. Um and in fairness, Thief I think would have fared much better against almost any other game in this tournament. Yeah, I um, think so too. I think yeah. uh, I don't know about that. That's hard to say because uh, like 
the other games are like whew, yeah really, I don't, really good i don't think it would have won against most any other game but i think it would have it would have it would have been a closer decision in my mind for Fair a enough. lot of these other games but yeah with that said pokemon wins this is this has been super fun uh Thank you, Benya, for gracing us with your presence. Yes, and, thank you. Thanks and for having giving me. us your time for this completely ridiculous exercise <laughs> that that I've that I've sort of made up on the spot, and Paul has been gracious enough to co- to go along with. Um, any but, any chance any chance I can get to talk about Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm always I'm always there, always there. But before we we do head out, um, is there anything you'd like to plug, Benya? Anything that people should know about you or where can they check you out and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, obviously you should check out Welcome to Last Week. Uh, it's welcome to last week point de. Um, okay. If you don't know German, you have to use a translator, but uh, I guess they are fine by now. So, so you can read everything. I say, <laughs> I've translated a couple of the articles on there and it, and it works well enough where you can read it and, and get, you know, get the, get the idea across. Not perfect, <laughs> but it's worth, it's worth, I would say it's worth doing for, for what you're doing and, and the writing that you've done. And then also on Instagram at welcome to last week. Yeah, that's true. And then you can find us, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff at region free gamers. We have a website now, regionfreegamers.com, where you can find all our episodes and we do writings and stuff. We're hoping to expand it out as we, you know, keep working on it, but please come visit it. Leave us your comments, vote on, you know, the quality of each episode, which I don't know why Ozzy put that there. Probably just to make us feel bad, but that's fine. Um, and uh, and to be clear, on Instagram we're at Region Free Gamers Podcast. podcast. You're right. And, I had to uh, add and that. on <laughs> yeah, and on uh, Twitter because of the character limit, we're at Region Free Gamer. That's right. Our SEO yeah. is is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> running a tight ship here. Yeah, but that'll do it for us this week. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and I hope you have a nice one. Bye bye.